So anyways, for our 10 years, I wanted to do something uh, special for my wife, and I wanted to dress up, and because uh, uh, I don't dress up that often, and, and so I went out, and I bought me a new suit just to go out with, 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 with my date um, Friday night, and, and um, I went out, or Saturday, Friday night, and... Um, <laughs> So I went out and I bought me a new suit, and um, actually I'm wearing the jacket today, not the pants, but the jacket, and, and um, I bought me a new suit because I want to look good for my girl, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about, men? Like, you just, you know, I'm like, all right, it, it's been 10 years, okay? I want to I seal the deal now, you know, and uh, make this a lifelong thing, make sure she don't go nowhere. So, uh, you know, they say if you give your girl everything that she wants, she'll never go anywhere else, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy me a new suit, I'm going to look good for for, for, for my wife on our anniversary. So I went out and I bought me a new suit. I shined my shoes up, picked the perfect restaurant, and we went out, had a great dinner. And, uh, you know, we, we went to this place that, that brings you, like, constantly all-you-can-eat meat, like, all the time. And, and um, we went to Oxford Exchange that morning, which is her place. And then we went to a carnivore's place that night because that was my place. And as we're eating, it's a nice restaurant, great service, all of that stuff. And we just had a great dinner. And I'm looking sharp, taking pictures. And I get home. And when we get home, we're walking in the door. And as we're walking in the door, I always walk in first just in case the babysitter decides to attack us. And, and my wife, she said, EJ, you forgot to take that off your jacket. I'm like, take what off? And she was like, that right there. And when I took my jacket off, I looked. I forgot. You know how they always, they tie your jackets right here with those strings? I forgot to take those off. And there were like two giant white X's on the back of this blue jacket. And when she said that, I'm like, I'm dumb. Like, I'm dumb. Like, I tried to be perfect, I tried to be great, I tried to be perfect for my lady, and I just failed completely. I'm like, man, I was walking around this restaurant with these two giant X's on, like they were brake lights, you know what I'm saying? Like, stay back. And as I thought about this, I'm like, man, I failed, huge. I tried to be something for Beth, and I just, I failed. You ever done that before? Like you just tried super hard at something and you thought you nailed it, but in reality you, you failed it. You know, like you, you, you just, you, you try at things because I'll be honest with you, when, when, when we try things in life, we're not always going to get it right the first time. When we try things in life, we're not always going to be successful. But there are times in our lives where we're going to try super, super hard to succeed at something and we're going to fail. There's going to be times in our lives where we're just going to run after something with so much passion, so much desire, so much energy, and we're going to fall flat on our faces. But how do you respond when you find yourselves in those types of moments? How do you begin to respond when, when, when you find yourself in those places of just absolute failure? Because we can either do one of two things. We can either allow ourselves to learn from the failures and to move on, which, by the way, I did not learn from that failure last night because I walk in the church today with my jacket on, and they're like, is that a new jacket? And I'm like, yeah, how'd you know? They're like, well, because it's still tied in the back. And I'm like, yeah, 
So Miss Peggy's in the back with scissors trying to cut, cut it off. But do we either allow ourselves to learn or do we just keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again to where we just stop trying altogether? We, we, we just stop trying to do because we're too afraid we're going to fail. We're too afraid that our failures are actually determining our life, that our failures are actually becoming a label of who we are. I was in um, uh, a... Uh, very familiar coffee establishment yesterday and last night and I was getting ready for uh, today and I had, uh, you know, my favorite sports team hat on and I just had some regular clothes and trying to be inconspicuous and I'm studying for today and I had my giant Bible out on the table and I had my computer and my, my, um, um, whatever you call it, the journal there, and I'm listening to some worship music on my iPhone, and, and, and as I'm minding my own business, this guy comes up to me, and he begins to mouth something to me, and obviously I can't hear him because my headphones are in, and so I take my headphones out, and he said, I don't like you guys. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, what? And I'm like, okay, I've got my Bible out here, I've got my journal, I've got worship music on, obviously you can tell I'm trying to be holy right now, what did you do? <laughs> And he was like, he said, I can't stand you guys. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, your hat, I hate your team. <laughs> so I said the Christian thing back and I said, well, I'm pretty sure they hate you too, you know? <laughs> and he was like, everything you guys do is a fail. He's like, your, your draft picks are fails. Your players this year are fails. And, you know, usually I'm like really witty in those, 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 you know, types of situations. And, you know, I always think of great comebacks like, no, you're a fail. <laughs> but I felt the Holy Spirit come over me and just begin to give me words that were just blazing glory and fire. And, and of course, I'm studying for today's message. And so I used one of my points on them. And I said, you know what? Jesus can take failures and he can change the world. And he was like, what? I said, yeah, exactly. He was like, what kind of comeback is that? I said, devil, get behind me. I, I really didn't say that last part, but how epic would that have been, you know? But isn't it true how Jesus begin, can, can begin to take the failures of our lives and change the world with it? What we see as something that is bad, God sees something that he can use. When we see something of, of taking a few steps back, God sees something that he can begin to build on. And the other day I was speaking to our interns in a class and they asked me a question of what are some of the favorite Bible characters that I have in the Bible and why? And one of them that came to my mind was, was Peter. I love Peter. Because you see, Peter was a real guy. Peter was one of those people that, you know, he was just a, a real person. He was raw. He was somebody who followed Jesus. Obviously, we know that he was a disciple, but we always look at disciples as if they're perfect. In all reality, they were human. And Peter was one of those that was just, he was human. And I love one of the first encounters Jesus has with him. Actually, it's probably the second or third encounter that Jesus has with him. But it says that Jesus is walking on the shores of a lake. And it's in Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. And I love how the Message Bible says it. 
It says, once when he was standing on the shore of the lake, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's, who would later be known as Peter, and asked him to push out a little from the shore. Sitting there, he used the boat as a pulpit, and he taught the crowd. So Jesus is walking on the shores, and the people are pressing in on him as he's trying to uh, present the gospel to them. So much so that they can't really hear him. And so he's looking for a way to be able to better um, uh, reach the people. And so he sees a boat. He hops in the boat. He looks at Simon. And he says, push out. And I love how the message says he begins to use the boat as a pulpit. You see, unbeknownst to Jesus, just a few hours later, the reason why Simon was scrubbing his nets and folding up his nets was because Simon had just walked through a period of failure because he was out fishing. He was trying to catch something. He was trying to provide for his family. He was trying to build his business. And the Bible says that he was out all night long and he caught nothing. He failed. And so in the moment of failure, Simon decides to quit. He decides to give up. He decides that, you know what, I've spent enough time wasting my time trying to do something with no results, so I'm going to call it quits for the day. And as he's putting stuff up because of his failure, because he decided to quit, Jesus comes along and says, hey, can I use your boat? Hey, can I use the very thing that you were just failing in? Can you take me out and can I use what you were trying to put away? And the Bible says that Jesus gets in the boat, they push out, and he begins to use it as a pulpit. He begins to teach the people. You see, Jesus wants to take those failed areas of your life. I would ask you, what are the areas in your life right now that you've been trying and trying and trying, and you finally decided, you know what, I see no fruit in this, I'm going to quit? I'm going to start packing up my bags, and I'm going to head out. What are those dreams or those desires that you feel like God has placed in your, your life that you've finally started to give up on, or you've had thoughts about doing something else, or you've stepped out of faith to start that business, but the business isn't going like you want to, and so now you're trying to decide if you need to go another direction. Maybe right now you're facing trouble in your marriage and you're trying to decide right now in yourself if it's even worth to keep going or should you just cut your losses and move on. God wants to come into the failed areas of your life and begin to change the world because what we see as the end, God sees as the beginning. So I love Peter because Peter was, was, was one of those guys that, you know, he was a, a, a faithful follower to Jesus, but yeah, he was quite impulsive. He was an impulsive guy, always doing stuff that he wasn't supposed to. He was always failing at things, failing at following Christ. In John chapter 18, verse 10, I love the scripture because it's where they're coming to take Jesus and take him away to be crucified. And I love how the NIV, uh, the NIV version says, it says, in Simon Peter, who had a sword, took it out and cut the guy's ear off. If I was there, I'd be like, all right, who gave this guy a sword? 
Who let him have a sword? He cut the guy's ear off. Come on, you don't have to be Jesus to have seen that one coming. But he was a faithful follower, but he was very impulsive. He, he was a disciple of Christ, yet he was always doing something that he wasn't supposed to. He attempted great acts of faith and often failed at them. One being when Jesus called him out to walk on water. And actually, it wasn't Jesus who said, hey, Peter, why don't you come out on the water? Peter said, Jesus, if it's you, have me come out on the water. So Peter was activating his faith, yet he still failed. You see, this was Peter. And when I look at Peter, I see myself in a lot of things. That I come into church, and man, we have an amazing service, a great service. Pastor's message just touched me. And I leave with all the confidence in the world to go out and to do something different for Christ. And then the very next day, something come along and just knocks me back down. And then I begin to feel like a failure. I begin to feel like, 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 you know, I just, like, Jesus, you gave me the confidence, but God, I just let it go away. This was Peter. Peter was one of these guys who, he was brave and willing to die, yet he denied Christ the night of his crucifixion or the night that he was taken away. This is us. We say, God, use me. God, use me to change the world. And then when God puts us in situations, we begin to back down. We begin to get scared. We lose confidence. We forget the Jesus that just walked us through the situation that we were walking through. But what I love about this story is that no matter how many times Peter failed, no matter how many times it seemed like Peter was taking steps back, Jesus was always there to remind Peter of who he was. That Jesus was always there to impart back into him the very reason why he called him in the first place. Because you see, failures will cause you to lose sight of the destiny in your life. But Jesus will always remind you of your purpose. That he will always begin to remind you of the purpose of why you were created, the purpose of why he called you, the purpose of why you are where you are. That Jesus will remind you. I love it in, in Matthew chapter um, 16, verse 18. It says this. This is Jesus talking to Peter. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. I like this scripture. And this scripture is debated both ways because a lot of people think that it was actually Jesus saying that it was going to be Peter that the, that the church was being built on. And then other people say that it was his declaration that he made that that was actually the rock that Jesus was talking about that his, his, his church and was going to be built on. But no matter what it was, I love what Jesus does here. He looks at him and he says, you are Peter. He reminds him of who he is. You see, his name was Simon, but Jesus changed it to Peter. And Jesus comes to him after his failures, after his downfalls, after sins, after things that he does that he wasn't supposed to do. And Jesus says, you're Peter. You're the rock. 
You're the one that I called. You're the one that I'm destined for future. You are Peter. And in your moments of failure, your moments of insecurity, God will begin to remind you of who you are. Because when we begin to lose sight of who we are, we begin to lose sight of our destiny. We begin to lose sight of our calling. We begin to lose sight of our purpose. Our failures, those are big things. And when you begin to lose sight of who you are, you begin to lose sight of who Jesus is. You begin to lose sight of where Jesus is. You forget he's in your life. You forget he's working on you. You can't see him. But what I love about Jesus is no matter what our failures are, he says, I'll come back to you and I'll remind you of who I created I'll remind you of the anointing that I placed over your life. I'll remind you of the calling. And some of you in here today, you need to be reminded of who you are in Christ. Because you've been listening to everybody else and what everybody else is telling you. And you've forgotten who you are in Christ. That's easy to do. I walked through a period of that not too long ago where I lost sight of who I was who God created me to be, who God called me to be. And I felt myself just getting further and further and further away from Jesus, from my calling. I began to lose my confidence in him. And it wasn't until I began to be reminded of who I was, the man of God I was, the calling that was on my life, but more importantly, that I was his child that I was his creation, that I was created on purpose for a purpose. That our failures cause us to lose sight of destiny, but God reminds us of our, of our purpose. See, I love the, what scriptures lead up to that because they come into Caperna and Jesus begins to ask his disciples and he says, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're the prophet Elijah. And then he flips the script on them a little bit, puts them to the test. He says, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And they all kind of sat in silence until Peter decided to speak up. Peter, the one who was always failing. Peter the one who had enough confidence to rebuke Jesus in public. That Peter, he says, Jesus, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. You see, the reason why I believe that Peter could have all those failures in his life and yet continue to keep going is because he didn't just know who he was in Christ, he knew who Christ was in him. Because you see, Jesus looks at him and says, no one has revealed this to you but my Father. Nobody else has said this to you but my Father. You see, Peter knew who Jesus was. And when you know who Jesus is in yourself, It trumps any failures that you may have had in the past. Because I love the story when Peter is in the boat and the storm is there. And the waves are coming and the thunder and lightning is crashing. And 
It says that they're in the boat. They're struggling to keep the boat afloat. And Jesus comes walking out on the water. And when they see Jesus, see, they become afraid. They get scared. And they begin to say, this is a ghost. And the Bible says that Jesus shouts out to them, do not be afraid, it is I. He doesn't say, do not be afraid, it's me, Jesus. Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Jesus. I'm on the way. He just says, it's, it's me, it's I. Do not be afraid, it's, it's I. In the very next scripture, Peter says, Jesus, if it is you, call me out on the water to come walking to you. You see, the storm was coming down so much that they couldn't see him. The storm was coming down so much that they didn't know it was him. They thought it was a ghost. And when Jesus called out to them, he said, it's me. So Peter had to have known the voice of Jesus to realize who it was. That the storm was raging all around him. The storm was going on all around him. He was facing the end. Yet when he couldn't see, he could hear. Why? Because he knew who his Savior was. He knew the voice of God. He knew the voice of Jesus in his life. And he didn't have to have Jesus say, yo, it's me, Jesus, don't be afraid. Just when he began to hear his voice, peace began to come into his life. When he began to hear his voice, confidence began to rise up in him. Boldness began to rise up in him where he felt like he could do the impossible if Jesus called him to do it. And some of you this morning, you're sitting in here, you're going through some of the biggest storms of your life. You can't see Jesus. You can't see what's happening. You can't see what's going on. But Jesus is constantly calling out to you. It's me. It's me. I'm here. No matter the failures, it's me. The failures that led to your storm, it's, it's me. The sin that you committed, I'm still here. I'm calling out. And if you will just begin to head to my voice. My prayer for you today is this, that you begin to hear the voice of Jesus in your life. Because when you begin to hear the voice of Jesus and you begin to identify who he is in you, your faith will begin to rise. That'll give you the confidence to be able to make it through whatever it is. It'll give you the faith and the confidence to be able to accomplish whatever it is that Jesus has for your life. But you have to know the voice of your Savior. You have to know the one who's calling you. And as Chris comes today, I was thinking about this and just meditating on today and praying and just thinking about all the things that I've done that Christ has forgiven me for, all my shortcomings. Because failure isn't always sin. Sometimes it's disobedience. Sometimes it's, it's a lack of confidence. And when I begin to find myself in those types of situations, I begin to think of heroes like Peter who constantly faced it and constantly battled it. 
yet realized that Jesus constantly forgave him. And Jesus constantly gave him the courage and reminded him of who he was so that he could get back up and keep moving on. That no matter what he failed at, no matter what he did, no matter what he said, no matter how many ears he cut off, that Jesus was still there to pick up the broken pieces of his life and to not just make him whole, but establish him on the path and the destiny and the purpose and the plan that he created him for to begin with. Because I think a lot of times we feel like when we fail at something that it discredits us from the miracle that God wants to do in our lives. Because when they were in the boat and Jesus tells Simon Peter to cast his net out, what does he begin to do? He begins to revert back to the failure that he just had and begins to make excuses of why it's not going to work. Jesus, I just saw you make an impact in their lives. But because of my failure, you can't do it in mine. We disqualify ourselves. We begin to count ourselves out. We think that God can do some work, but not all the work. Yet it was Peter who would go on and he would preach the message and 3,000 people would be added to the church that day. And it was Peter who would go on and write some powerful words in First and Second Peter. And it was Peter who Jesus would look at and say, on this rock, I will build my church. It doesn't matter about your insecurities. It doesn't matter about your, your failures. It doesn't matter about your impulsiveness. But I can still take it. I can still use it for my glory. And I can change the world with you. Why? Because I called you. I destined you. I appointed you. A couple of weeks ago, somebody came up to me and they, they gave me this Bible. And it's somebody who I talk to almost every single Sunday. And this Bible, it's special to me. Actually, I've been reading out of this Bible every single day. This Bible reminds me of something. Because the, bir- the person who gave me this Bible, he's been coming to City Life for a while now. And God's been doing some things in his life. And his family's been praying for him. And... He's always dealt with a struggle in his life. And he would always try and change, but it always seemed like his struggle would just always seem to come back up. His family would pray for him, but it seemed like there would be no change. There actually began to be some family animosity between him and some of his brothers because of the failures that he kept doing over and over and over again in his life. And he began to tell me his story a little bit, and he said, I always try to quit this thing, but it always seems to come back up. He said, I would just fail day after day after day where I finally decided to quit. I finally decided it wasn't worth it, that this was who I was. He said, and then I decided to give it one more chance. He said, I entered rehab. And he said, I've been in this program now for several months. He said, I'm getting ready to graduate. 
in a couple of weeks, and he'd always come to me, and I'd always sign his paper saying that he attended church. And I would always ask him every day, hey, man, how you doing? You staying strong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My graduation's coming up soon. That's awesome, man. Praying for you. Believe in you. The best is yet to come. You're living who God created. He'd come to me the next Sunday. Can you sign my paper? Yeah, man, how you doing this week? You good? Strong? Yeah, man, I'm graduating in a couple of weeks. It's awesome. Don't forget who God created in you. Don't forget what God created you for. And he came one day, and I noticed he had a Bible, and I said, man, I really like that Bible. I'm, I'm a, I guess I'm a Bible collector. I don't know, but because I got tons of Bibles, and I'm like, man, I really like that Bible. It's a cool Bible. And he said, you know what? I got this from the program that I'm in. And he said, if anybody donates a Bible just like this, I'm going to give it, get it to you, for you. I said, all right. I forgot all about it. A couple more weeks went by. I signed his papers, and we would talk, and one Sunday, he came up to me. He had this huge smile on his face. He said, Pastor Rigi, I got something for you. I said, what? He said, I got you a Bible. And he handed me this Bible. And he said, now, this is a brand new Bible. He said, now, it don't look brand new on the outside because it has been used. He said, but look, nobody's written in it. He said, so you, you can put your name in there. This is your Bible now. And it just touched my heart. And I signed his paper, and I talked to him, and I went to my office. And as you can tell, I'm a softie. I just began to cry. And ever since then, I've been reading my devotions out of this Bible every morning. And every morning that I wake up and I read this Bible in my office, I notice the coffee stains that are on it that I didn't put there. (laughs) I notice the frayed edges that are there that I didn't wear out. But yet every time I open up this Bible, it reminds me that no matter how many failures I've had in my life, Jesus can make those all go away for his purpose. That every time I read this Bible, I'm reminded of someone who walked through struggles in his life and day after day failed time and time again, yet he served a God who loved him enough to remind him that he is Peter, the rock, and on this rock I will build my church. That no matter how much time has gone by, that no matter what you gave up on, that Jesus will still be there, that Jesus is still there, And that your purpose is still there. And that your calling is still there. And that no matter what you've done in the past, it's in the past that Jesus will forgive it. Jesus will set you on the path that he has for you. And that the grace and the mercy that we read about every single day, the grace and the mercy that was extended to the man that gave me this Bible, is the same grace and mercy that's extended to me in my moments of weakness, that are extended to me in my moments of unfaithfulness, that's extended to me in my moments of disobedience, that it doesn't disqualify me from the miracle that God wants to do in my life, but he can take my failures and he can use it to change the world as you stand to your feet today.
I want to pray over you. I'm going to do two prayers. With every head bowed, every eyes closed. Maybe you're in here this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. That you come in day in and day out and you try to live the right way. You're just not living the God way. That you try and be a good person, but being a good person doesn't make you saved. Trying to be a good person doesn't get you to heaven. But it's having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And today, maybe you're standing out there and you just keep facing your failures day in and day out and they just don't seem to go away. You can't seem to get over it. And it's because you're trying to do it on your own. But this morning, Jesus wants to come into your heart. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to remind you that no matter what you've done, no matter what your failures are, that he can still use you to change people's lives. That he can still use you for the destiny that you were created for. But you have to be willing to give it to Christ. And if that's you this morning, and you're ready to just shed all the old stuff, and are ready to accept Christ in your life, who's going to completely change the direction of your life. If that's you this morning, I just want you to simply slip up your hand. We're not going to call you down front. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hands. Christ can take your failures. He can turn it around. And he can use you for his glory. If that's you today, simply throw your hands up. We're going to pray. In just a few more moments, I see your hand. Everybody pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I know that I've not done right. That I've failed in a lot of areas of my life. But I know that you died on the cross for my failures. That you died on the cross for my sins. And that you died on the cross so that my past would not be my future. So Jesus, I pray today that you come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Let me know that my past does not dictate who I am, but you do. So Jesus, thank you for what you've done on the cross for me. In your name we pray. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're not done yet, so don't leave. Nobody moving around. We're going to pray one more prayer. But if you prayed that prayer today and you meant it in your heart, number one, the Bible says that when you confess your sins with 
your mouth and that he is Lord and Savior of your life, that you are saved. So if you prayed that prayer today and you believed it in your heart, that you're saved, that Jesus now lives inside of you and that the best is yet to come. But today is not the end for you, but we want to connect with you that if you prayed that prayer, we simply want you to head out to our guest information center as soon as service is over. If you do not have a Bible, we want to give you a Bible. We want to walk with you, get you connected in our grow track, get you connected in our discipleship classes, because this is just the beginning for you. But Jesus has so much more that he wants to do in your life, and we want to walk with you and partner with you. But today, maybe you're standing out there and you feel a lot like Peter. That no matter how much I try to be a good Christian, a good follower of Christ, I always mess up. I always fail. I always struggle. I always say bad words in traffic. That's me. I get saved every day after I get to church because of that Tampa traffic. Thank God school's out. But maybe that's you. Maybe you're, you're walking through some things right now in your life that you feel like giving up on, but you also feel like it's something that God called you to, that God destined for you. If that's you tonight, I want to pray for you. I want you to begin to pray for yourself. Because you see, it's one thing for you or for Jesus to remind you of who you are. But when you begin to remind yourself of who Jesus is, when you begin to get up every morning and say, you know what, I may be failing in this, but Jesus, you're my savior. I may be struggling with this, but God, you're my provider, you're my helper. So I want you to begin to pray for yourself. So this is what I want you to simply do. I want you to just put your hands over your heart. And I'm gonna pray over you, but I want you to begin to pray over yourself. I want you to begin to declare God's word in your life, that you're the head and not the tail, that you're an overcomer, that God fights your battles, that I may fail. But even the righteous man falls seven times, but he what? He gets back up. Maybe today you just need to get back up, dust yourself off, and keep getting on down the road that God put you on. Because this world is too messed up and life is too short for us to allow our struggles and our failures to keep us from doing what God called us to do. So let's pray. Father, Lord, I pray, God, over every single person that is in this room. Father, I pray over myself today. God, that those things, Lord, that I struggle with, that I've failed with, God, that I mess up in, that day after day, God, it just seems like I can't seem to get over it. God, I pray, Lord, that it would not hold us back, that it would not keep us down, that it would not cause us to get off course. But, Father, I pray that we would be reminded of who you are in us and what you can do in our lives. And, God, that if you can change the lives of the disciples that were just like us, God, that you can change our lives, that you can use us, God, that you can use them. So, Father, I pray, God, that we would not get hung up on our failures, but, God, that we would look to our Savior. So, Father, we pray today, God, that you would touch our lives. God, give us the boldness and the confidence to walk in who you created us to be. God, don't let us discount ourselves, Lord, because of what we've done in the past or because of what we keep failing at. 
But God, that we would know, Lord, that the miracle, God, that you want to do in and through our lives, you can still accomplish it. Because God, you're big enough and bad enough to be able to work even through our failures. So Father, we declare this today in our lives. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayers that it ministered to you and changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc and you can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today and we'll see you next time.